This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the garage. Welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by... Oh, yeah, you know who he is. He's my bosom buddy. Go fuck yourself, Bob Castro. Wait, go fuck myself, or is the audience fucking themselves as you're introducing me? Uh, however anybody wants to read into it is what I meant. Okay. Fair enough. I will go fuck myself. All right, that is the decision you made. Bob has made the decision to go fuck himself. <sighs> Long time coming. Happy, uh, happy last show of the year, Dan. Yeah, here we are, the end of the yellow brick road. And that's why it was only fitting that we're going to talk a little Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I don't know why it makes sense, but it makes sense that this would be how we end 2017 together. Our first year of the Throwback Podcast. Our first of many. Well. Many. Many and many and many. I don't know if we'll make it to the end of next year. Probably not. My wife did recently ask me, so how much longer is this thing going on for? So I feel like the jig is up. I feel like the jig is up. The clock is ticking. Uh, Alanis makes perfect sense because um, she is really nostalgia personified for anyone born between like 1977 and 1982. We're right in the middle there. And uh, so if this show is kind of rooted in nostalgia on some level, why not drop the hammer that is jagged little pill, which Basically, 74% of America owned when we were in high school. What percent of this garage owned it, though? That's my question. Uh, you know what I'm going to guess? Zero. Yeah, I didn't own it. Yeah. But you didn't need to you own it. You didn't need it. to. It was every, one of those. Everybody else owned it. It was, like, it was like cracked rear view. It didn't matter if you owned it or not. It was just you knew right. every song on it. I was going to say Thriller. It was like nobody really needs to own Thriller because you know every song on uh, it. I'm sticking with cracked rear view. Yeah, if you hold my hair. That was, those were the words, but not even close to the melody or tune of the Hootie and the Blowfish song that you're singing. Yeah, so the last show of 2017, uh, we're going to talk Atlantis. That's fun. Anything else, Bob, you want to you mention? I had something I wanted to say, but I forgot. So oh, it's that's one of good. Those things. Good podcasting. One of those things. Yeah. I, I, I just want to let everyone know with fair warning that I am absolutely disgusted by the number one single in America that we're going to bring up today. Yeah. I'm really mad about it. No, I, I can attest to that, that, you know, we don't do a lot of prep before any of these. Most of it is just me telling Dan what song to queue uh, up for the number one song. And tonight, just, just anger and, and just like a vile energy coming from him. Because, a vile energy. Because That's he had to put this onto his strong. Apple Music, and he's he's miserable right Yeah, now. I don't like that it's in there, because what's going to happen is I'm going to forget to take it off. I hope you had to pay for it. I hope you had to pay a dollar for this. That would, that's <laughs> You're the only not thing. really caught up on what's going that's on with Apple Music. the only thing that would make you? me happy. I'm not at all. Um, all right, so Jagged Little Pill it came out right in the smack dab middle of the 1990s in fact uh it came out bob when exactly uh june 95 june right? of 1995 literally the center of the 90s could not be any more 90s centric it's like um, macarena, um, zung, da, 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 pre macarena post electric slide was that 90s i don't know pre 9-11 definitely pre 9-11 that is safe to say towers are up bra but let's talk about June 95. Guess what happened in June 95? Uh, let's see. Not a lot. Pretty much nothing. It was a very dead month. Like, don't believe me. Go to Wikipedia. Do what I do. Go to three websites to try to find something that happened. Not a lot happened. But I will tell you, the movies that came out that month, uh, Pocahontas. Okay, a middling Disney effort. Yeah, and now a uh, derogatory nickname for a senator. Um, Batman Forever. Which one? What? It's what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. You're plugged in. Well, who is it? It's what Donald Trump is doing to uh, Elizabeth Warren over and over again. He's calling her Pocahontas. Yeah. Uh, you, you missed this thing? I missed it. I all know. right. Listen, not I all wish... of us are that plugged in on it. Like, I know. It's I wish just I depressing was. I to know. be overly wish... plugged in on the situation. I need to just delete everything. Bob's just... one of those guys that's actually on like the 
leftist like blogs, like conspiracy blogs. I am that far. Well, I am Louise Mensch. I am. (laughs) That is my alias. That is what I do in my spare time. You're dangerously in. No, I'm not. Don't. No, I don't even want to be associated with that. I'm not. that. Well, it's not like you're it's it's not like uh, like the red. What happened in the 50s where everybody was being rounded up? as I know. I just don't want to happen. No, I I don't want to be lumped in with that whole you don't want that whole movement. Of course. Uh, How about this? You're not lumped in. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Apollo 13. That came out. Uh, that Never month. saw it. Really? I, I like Tom Hanks. Like uh, Sinise. He's a good actor. I think you would like it. It's right Where's up Where's Gary Sinise been? I feel like he should have made it into this century. He's just like running a Bubba Gump somewhere. <sighs> yeah. And this television show premiered in June 1995. Single guy? Right here we have 50 single women. Ooh. Right here we have 50 single guys. That's right, 100 love-starved people looking for a taste of romance on MTV Singled Out. And now your host, Chris Hardwick. Amazing. Good poll, Bob. Thank you. We, we've we talked about it on this podcast that we were huge Singled Out fans, as almost any 15-year-old boy was at that time. And Jenny McCarthy was the ultimate woman. Yep. And Chris Hardwick was the ultimate everyman with the baddest ass wardrobe a, uh, a teenage white boy could ever want. Yeah, it was it was like he had access to like the back room of Arrow Postal. Right. It was like, like he had like the good yes, stuff. It was Arrow. like, hey, Chris, is that Arrow Postal? was like and there was all the whole front area was filled with people like the blue sale, like just <laughs> choking each other to get the last like large one with the stripe and checkers. And, hey, Chris, come back here. And he would get to go behind the yep. curtain. He knew, like, the VIP section of structure. Like, he knew how to, like, get behind. <laughs> for the kids out there, before structure was express, is express, express even Express for anymore? men, who knows? Are malls around? Structure was a bad, bad place. I didn't like structure. You were structure. not a straight. Well, you were, you were straight arrow postal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jenny McCarthy was amazing. In fact, when I was doing a teensy amount of research, for today's podcast, I came across a um, an article f- from last year from um, Huffington Post where they just had a bunch of photos from outside the red carpet of the 1996 VMAs. Uh-huh. And Jenny McCarthy's making an absolute ridiculous face. And that was like one of her things. Yeah. And it was so annoying because you were just in love with her. And then she was insistent on... Um, farting farting and talking about poop and, and making funny faces all the time but like it fi- was an angle she was playing it was her it was, it was her annoying bit. but at 15 i would like just fantasize about being one of those 50 single guys and having like jenny mccarthy come up to me and like like mess with my hair and like hit me like that would that, like, that was enough for me in 1995 because like i was so in love with her yeah and the jenny mccarthy 1993 playmate of the year playboy vhs that thing got around like it was it was a thing of legend it was a thing of legend that you're one of your friends or a family member got had it and then it would be like lent to you and then you would lend it to your buddy and eventually it would get back to the original source but by then like 24 horny teenagers (laughs) will have had it and done unspeakable acts because of it well i just remember the rumors of like jerking off yeah, no, no, that was yeah. well. Now it's speakable. You yeah. just said it. I remember. I the, said that because jerking off as a teenager shouldn't be an unspeakable act. That it's, is true. It's important. No, and if you're a teenager and you're jerking off right now, send down a picture. Is that Wait what you're? A second, Bob. Is that? No, I thought that's the angle you were playing. You I, literally, I think, could be arrested for what you just said. <laughs> I said send you a picture, not me. No, but it was your idea. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. Um, the there was a what, legendary my fear that your sons were going to grow up without a father. Now? <laughs> there was there was like the rumor of like there's a scene where she she's in a bathtub with honey. She pours honey on her. Like that yeah. was just hearing that was enough for me. But I lent like, you the tape. I got did, my hands on the tape. Eventually. It took a while. Yeah. That was a tape. This was like a big moment in my uh, in my teenage years. I asked my dad to buy it for me. What do you say? What Steve say? He just looked at me like my son is a is a pervy teenager now, and I'm proud of him for that. But absolutely not. But damn, because Linda would have literally. I mean, they weren't on great terms by that point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
would not have gone well if your mom no, found it. But how would she even know? No, but it says a lot that in like mid ninety six, I finally just reached my breaking point, and I asked my dad for like the it's Playboy. Pretty <laughs> it's pretty desperate. I need to see if the honey thing is real. Um. <clears throat> all right. What else, Bob? Is it that time was it. To play the number one song. It's time for you to play the number one uh. song of June nineteen ninety five. Do it. Hi, you guys want some cookies? <laughs> I just want something good before something. <laughs> That's so, like a palate cleanser. Like, yeah, get you ready for what's total happening. Total palate cleanser. Yes. Fuck you, yes. Brian Adams. Yes, more With Brian your Adams. Your guitar, you piece of shit. Oh. Really love a woman <laughs> yeah. To understand piece of shit. You gotta know. You gotta know her. Get off my podcast, Brian Adams. Hear every song. <laughs> See every dream. Listen to what he's saying. Give her wings when she wants to fly. Then when you find yourself lying helpless oh in her You arms, crooning fuckface. You know you really love. Congratulations, <laughs> you're the biggest star of WPLJ. Fuck you! The woman. Oh, oh yeah, what a Don Juan DeMarco soundtrack. Yeah, the Don. All he did was put out sad fuck balladeer uh, ballads on forgettable rom coms and <laughs> dramedy dramedies of the mid nineties. This is the third time he's been on our podcast. He's right? I I had no idea he had this many number one hits in the nineties, but you know what? Well deserved every single one of them. Oh, what a douchebag. I uh. My my second or third French kiss was to the song, so I've you know I'm all for the song. I'm well, down. Good for you. I'm into it. It's terrible. It's brutal. <laughs> and I did think of it the last time he was on the po- uh, he came up on this podcast, and I think it was on like the Three Musketeers soundtrack or something. Yeah, he's just so many soundtracks and um, the Robin Hood soundtrack. It was always, yeah, it was always like farcical woodsman like <laughs> uh, fairy tale movies. Um, that no one liked. Was Kevin? Was he like Kevin Costner's like pool boy? And Kevin <laughs> Costner was just like, "Hey, I'm going to be in this movie. You got to, you got to give throw Brian something." But I did think of, and thankfully his, this ended his career. But I did think of in 1997ish, he did um, try to sex up his act and give himself a little edge. Got the oh yeah, out, that's right. And he wore like green pants and a see through like mesh black shirt uh, with his big stupid gap between his teeth and his dumb haircut and the song was everything looks good on me oh yeah but you that's like a, something like that it's like a it's like a bad 90s bon jovi song it's like a song that was written for the victoria's secret runway show <laughs> it's like go fuck yourself. adam levine will cover that at some point and make it great fucking all right so but we're not going to listen to more brian adams today is that what you're saying that's it man until the next episode where there's another number one Brian Adams hit. I think on general principle, if Brian Adams comes up again on this podcast as a number one song, I'm going to veto it, man. You can't veto a number one song. America voted. Yeah, but I can't deal with it anymore. America decided you can't erase our past. It's a part of history. All right. You're not bigger than history now. I have two podcasts. You have another podcast? What albums are you doing on that one? Do I stress you out? My sweater is on backwards and inside out, and you say, how appropriate. I don't want to dissect everything today. I don't mean to pick you apart, you see, but I can't help it. And there I go, jumping before the gunshot. Oh, yeah, Lannis. Wow, this is very 90s sound. We've done like 27 episodes. Neither of us have been more excited about a first song. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're both dancing right now. It's a great song. All right, here goes the chorus. And I really want is some patience. All right, this is All I Really Want, track one of Jagged Little Pill, one of the most successful albums ever released. And 
probably the most successful album we'll ever do on this podcast. Probably, yeah. Because how many other song, how many albums, period, Bob? Well, I have guess, sold 33 million copies. Yes, it depends how many more Robbie Williams albums we do. <laughs> but and uh, this was actually the sixth and final single. This album came out in June '95. This single came out December '96. So. They wrote it for 18 months. Well, at this point, they were just like, I don't know. Let's just throw track one out there. Just and to and the America was still like, we're in. So right a, right away, like this does sound very 1996. I'm not going to say this is so a timeless 90s. sound. It sounds, production-wise, very locked in 1996. Five. 1995. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, but the hit was in Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it's got a great hook, and it's fun, and I love it. It's another song you could... Imagine the cast of friends hanging out to just like, like blowing each other. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you really, you're really into like. Ooh, the, harmonica break. That's a rule the of the podcast. Right. That was it. Oh, I just remembered this is a big time harmonica album. Yeah, we got to be on our uh, toes for this. We have to stop down a lot. All right, so yeah, this was all I really want. I, I'm just curious, by the way. If after 18 straight months of Atlantis, if people were sick on it, sick of her, no, this song made it all the way. Well, no, it was a moderate hit. It was a top 15 hit on the modern rock track. So right. people were kind of finally done at this point. So there you go. But you know what? Oh, wait, her voice, by the way, is crazy. Let's listen to this. Did you think about your bills, your ankles, your dead bodies, or when you think you're gonna die? And I like that people are wondering. Oh, are they gonna tell the story that Bob heard from somebody in the know about Alanis, her the personal story we've referenced on this podcast? No. I'll tell I'll tell my story about hearing the story. I was I was out with a guy, a friend of mine, uh, who I'd met a couple of years ago, and we were just out getting drinks and out of nowhere he just drops on me that he dated Alanis Morissette. And from now that don't point don't give this guy don't blow up this guy's spot. Although she no, dated not. Several guys, I'm sure, but well, I'm sure she has. Dave Coulier, for one. This was not Dave Coulier. Yeah, this was not Dave Coulier. But from that point on, our drinks, like that's all we talked about, because I just I couldn't get over it, and I just asked him a million questions. Well, it's totally fascinating. It was, and that's what he said. He was like, whenever I tell people that, like that's all we ever talk about. What was your first question? I, I mean, I after just like, can you tell me every single thing about this? He was just like, people are so fascinated by this. Like, and I was like, yeah, because she was the biggest star of the nineties. Like for a few years, there was nobody bigger than Aladdis Morissette. He's like, Oh, I know. He's like, it's insane. And then he proceeded to just uh, tell me stories that I can't share on the podcast. Maybe someday I can get him on here, but probably not. Oh, that wouldn't even be right. But the stories, somebody hit me up on Twitter about, it. I said, if you ever want somebody DM me about it, they were that curious. Oh, because we did say someone DM. in the sports we did, we, industry well, we, hit me up and said we did. We did like dangle that. Be we like dangled DM the us, carrot. But we were <laughs> and said, "Hey, you need to tell me the Atlanta story." I said, "Hey, listen. First of all, in these sensitive times, I'm not sending anything of any type of explicit nature to uh, a computer. No. Maybe if we see each other at the Super Bowl and we're at the bar, I'll tell you a couple stories. <laughs> but that's all I can offer you. Yeah. That's all we could offer you, the that's audience. We, I'm sorry, thing. guys, but um, here comes track two. Track two. Cut it out. Cut it out. Imagine if she started the track. That would really be like, there'd be no mystery anymore. (laughs) Here we go. I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know the version of me Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother So, if you're talking about the biggest hit period of the 1990s this is in the conversation. Yeah, it has to be. It is a monster single. I guess we should listen to it. Yep. Yep. 
came out on July 6th, 1995. For me, it is because you know how summer songs stick with you more when you're yeah. in your adolescence and you're growing up. This song will always remind me of being 15 in the summer of 1995 because it blew up right when everybody got out of school for the summer. And then it just owned every format. And, and it was like a, you know, it was like a monoculture still at this point. So it was like MTV, Z100, yep. K-Rock, if you're from New York. Uh, it was inescapable. Award shows, all that stuff. I went away to sleepaway camp this summer. And I remember being on the bus to camp. And this song was playing. It was this song. It was that U2 song from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Hold me, thrill me, kiss yes. me, kill me. It was Blues Traveler and Dave Matthews. And that was and uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. And that's all you heard. That's all I heard all summer long in camp was this one and like five other songs. This was tremendous. Yeah. It was a reached number six on the Hot 100, number three on mainstream rock tracks, number one on modern rock tra- tracks, number seven on mainstream top 40. And, like, the story behind it, which everyone got hung up on, was... Who's the guy? Who's the guy in the theater and all that stuff. But to give it a little more pop and a little more love, it was also kind of unlike anything on the radio when it came out. This this woman that was just, like, furious and angry and swearing and vengeful. Yeah. And she kind of got stuck with that tag in a negative way. But looking back on it now, it's pretty badass. But you know what's so good about the song, hearing it now and, like paying attention to it like just by starting out with i want you to know that i'm happy for you it's like you're kind of like luring people into this like oh she's she's not angry but it just like comes out so hard oh but i think that was her uh, no it totally was but i feel like it's if she would have started the song out with like fuck you whatever people would have been like oh this woman's too much but it's like that relatable thing of like hey just so you know i'm happy for you but fuck you Um, it's kind of perfect it's so perfect in the video, like, I'll never forget, like, it was a, a, a fascinating video because you could not, it was filmed in, like, a desert, and it had um, weird kind of 90s effects on the yeah. camera, so you couldn't really, like, you really wanted to know what, you ought to know about, uh, kill me, yeah. Um, yeah. what Alanis Morissette looked like, right. especially you, if you were a 15-year-old boy, and you couldn't get a good idea of it. You could not really, she looked like she was potentially... Like, really attractive, yep. but you couldn't tell what she really looked like, which made her even more kind of fascinating. And f- again, like, going back to that one line that everybody was always fixated on, going down on you in a theater, there weren't lines like that in songs on the radio at the time. So that was for a 15-year-old to hear a woman singing, hey, I will go down on you in a theater. It just, like, blew our minds. It's pretty awesome. It was awesome. Like Trent Reznor had showed up by then and was talking about fucking you like an animal. That was a guy. But oh, I don't want I don't want Trent Reznor to a fuck woman me like doing an it was like yeah. it was not happening. No. And that I think this album in general has a huge, 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 huge reach. And it it's extremely influential and all that. And I think it totally makes sense. And it, you use that song as kind of like the template for why the album connected with I'm sure with a lot of women and songwriters, like you could be like an angry person and not come off as like an unhinged crazy chick. Like she was pissed. Yeah. She did get stuck with that though for a while. Like it was like, oh, let us wear a set. She's, she's nuts. She's crazy. Yeah. But such, such is life, Bob. Next track. <laughs> yeah, wait, get wait, out wait. of there. Good way to tie it together. <laughs> Gotta get the hell out of there. Keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, track three. Perfect. Not a single. Not a single. Half the album has singles. Um, And the whole... um, The fact... How mind-blowing was it that it was Uncle Joey? It was Uncle Joey, We are... Are we, like, confirmed-confirmed? I feel like it was, like, quasi-confirmed a couple years ago. I think quasi-confirmed is the right way to put it. Yeah. There was even a... (laughs) A Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about it. A great Curb episode. Yeah. Where he's just fixated on it, and he finds it. She, she whispers and tells him, and then he, uh, Larry David, starts telling people at the party. 
and it ends with her like up there singing it and everybody knows who it's about and she, she knows that everybody knows ah oh, that show's that's so good a, that's an amazing <laughs> way so that's how the episode ends right? yeah yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know this song it's very 90s it does so glenn ballard also was the dude behind it i love the backstory too that she was a canadian pop star like a teen pop star she was on you all you can't do that on television was yeah that? were you uh were you into that show as a kid big time yeah. i love that I show was way as a kid. Th- but i don't remember her i don't remember her no i barely i mean i remember the gross barf barf yeah i remember Is that the, his name i think so yeah the, the cafeteria chef. guy yeah yeah I remember him. Remember them coming in and out of lockers and stuff like that. But yes. I have no memory of and her specifically. And of course, the slime in the water. Of course. Uh, so she was on that show. A oh, one last "You Ought to Know" note before we. Perfect's fine. We could talk about "You Ought to Know" through Perfect. Yeah. Um, is that um, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of Foo Fighters, was the drummer on that song? Or really? maybe the whole album. She was in. The, he was actually in the band. Oh wow! For that first album, then left Atlanta Smorissette's band for Foo Fighters, and on that song, Flea and Dave Navarro, who was then in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, were on bass and guitar. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. So it's almost like they all sensed there was m- something here. Like Maverick, which was, I think she kind of put Maverick, which was Madonna's record label, on the map. Yeah. I think um, they all sensed they had something huge there. Yeah. Anyway, so that's perfect. Up next. All right. So if if um, you ought to know was like for me the song that perfectly encapsulates the summer of 1995. Here's the song that perfectly encapsulates going back to school sophomore year. There we go. I'm broke but I'm happy. I'm poor but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy, yeah. I'm high, but I'm grounded. I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful, baby. And what it all comes down to is that everything's gonna be fine, fine, fine. Cause I've got might be my favorite song of the album is it yeah i think it's awesome i think it's perfect it's a cool song I and i love that it was such a perfect song after you ought to know so it was totally different and it showed a different side of her uh that it wasn't just going to be a, an entire album of her yelling about uncle joey um and then the other thing like the do you remember the video? Oh, yeah. It's black and white video. She's in a parade, right? Yeah, she's in a parade. There's a lot of slow motion. And that's when you actually got a good look at what Alanis Morissette looked like. I think it's probably impossible for anyone under 30 years old to understand that, like, there was a time where you didn't have, like, a ton of opportunities to, like, see what somebody looked like. Yeah. Like, there was no internet. And they didn't, if they weren't showing up on TV a lot. Like, you only would have, like, the first video to go up. Yeah. So this one, I was like, oh, that's what oh, the last four set okay. looks like. Yeah. But black and white. I still don't know what her uh, pigment situation is. Well, we knew that she was Caucasian <laughs> from the first. Well, I mean, we knew, from that, we knew that from when she was from Canada. That was yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Canada thing. But. Uh, do you not, yeah, is this, this not do much for you? No, this reminds me of, it's funny you said sophomore year, because that's, I, I just remember this is like when we were hitting our like stride hanging out as buddies in high school. Like we were friends freshman year. By sophomore year, we were like on our on our journey up from the C list. Right, the journey had begun. Right, and this was when we were hanging out a lot with our friends uh, Sam and Sue, uh, the uh, the guys that we hung out with. I'm brave, but I'm chicken shot. Started hanging out with our buddies Sorry. that became our good friends, uh, the clan, lowercase C. Those guys. Also, definitely C. C. I said C. Yeah. Uh, that was all like sophomore year, really. Did we miss our harmonica, by the way? I don't think so. I think it's about about that. We missed a couple. We probably missed. I mean, there's harmonicas. Shoot. All right, we missed that one. Did we miss that one? Yeah, all right. Well, start over. Start the podcast over. Um. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. So it just takes me back there. Fifteen. A weird age. Like I could. Spe- I could. I could remember to this day. I had like an alarm clock. <laughs> 
that was on the bureau in my childhood bedroom where I listened to Z100 in the morning and getting ready for school, this song that started playing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that song. I love that song. You love that song. Chicken shot. Is it an early contender? Because this is going to be an interesting one for the Spotify playlist. Is it an early contender for the Spotify playlist? Oh, the Spotify playlist where we pick one song from each album we talk about and add it to our playlist. Uh, I think it's in the running. The tough thing with this album is you're either going to have a mega hit or a song that you've never heard of, most likely. Right, which we, we shouldn't be too cute with that. No, we're not going to. Because neither of us know the deep. Like, no, we're not going to go deep cut. Right through you. This Let's sounds to familiar it. to me just because people were just playing it everywhere, but... Right. Yeah. Like this could have been a single too. Oh yeah, easily. This could have easily been on like the witchcraft soundtrack. It sounds like a soundtrack song. I bet it was on a soundtrack. I'd actually be surprised if this didn't end up on the craft or something. This album sold, I know I said it already, but 33 million copies. <laughs> That's like as many listeners as we have every week. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's right in that area. Yeah. I wonder how it, like, and a lot of credit goes to, obviously, Glenn Ballard, but how did they just, like, show up with this completely unknown singer-songwriter and have, like, five of the biggest hits of the decade? Like, I wonder when they realized what was going on. It's kind of like surreal to even think about. So imagine what she was thinking at that time. But because I would how, think when they finished the album, they had to have known this song's gonna be fucking monster. How old album. was she? How old was she when this album? She was a kid. She was like five years older than us at the time. She was born in '74, so she was 21. Wow. She just turned 21 when the album came out. A Canadian 21, though, so she was already drinking for years. Yeah, it was like the United States 34. A hardened 21. <laughs> um, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that would be the other thing. Like, how do you, at 21 years old, and she had been bouncing around a little bit, as we talked about, because she had been a Canadian pop star for a brief period as well. But how do you wrap your head around being a human being after you have one of the biggest albums of all time out of nowhere at 21. It's crazy. Next track is called forgiven. It's Brian Adams. More Brian. Is that a flamenco guitar? He sneaks in. Just ruins your day. Has everybody ever loved women? This is the first song that doesn't that doesn't ring any bells for me. Like every song up until now sounded familiar. I definitely have never heard this before. Yeah, now that I'm looking at the track listing, because there are like three more monster hits to come. Yeah. This is one of those jobs, albums where they really do a good job spreading out the bangers. This is this might be an MF or. I don't know if you could even call it an MF. I mean, just because we know what we're we're riding into right now, like there's nothing wrong with the song. It sounds like a fine song. I think it fucking sucks, but no, it's fine. It's alright. Right, I like it. Okay, I like it too. I was gonna say an MF is when even the band knows we're just filling space here. Yeah. I don't think she's doing that here. Um, do you have any Alanis albums at all in your collection? No, I've never owned an Alanis album. You? No. Oh. Does anybody have an Alanis album? Well, like, I mean, 33 million people. Besides the 33 mil. <laughs> Does anybody have I an Alanis album? Does anybody? That's ever identified as a huge Alanis Morissette fan. I don't know. I don't know if I have. Well, we're also a little young for that. Because, again, we were 15. I guess you could have, like, no, that's not true at all. Yeah, I guess you could have. 
become an Alanis Morissette fan of 15 and stayed with her, but she didn't really give you a lot over the years. Yeah. To like be like, stick around. It's it's almost impossible though to come to follow up an album that th- was this big out of nowhere. Yeah. It's the Hootie disease. Uh, As Hootie known. keeps coming up. All right, next track is what do we do? Forgiven just now? Yeah, that sounds right. All right. Next track is a single. Good DJing there. It is a single. <laughs> oh, yeah, this song. I forgot about this song. All right. I want to bring it down because the chorus is so good. Holy shit! I think we did it. It's what? taken. It's taken to the end of 2017 to do it. I think we found the song that Phoebe be banging to. <laughs> oh shit! Can you imagine Phoebe from Friends Ooh. just banging to this? All if, right. you, if you haven't heard that podcast, it was one of our first ones. We talked about what the cast of Friends were banging to, what the characters in Friends were banging to, like when the cameras camera. were not, even though it was still the characters. Yes. And we were stuck on Phoebe, but it was this. Holy shit, you got it. This is a banger. Phoebe throws her shoulders back during that last part. (laughs) She's really just (laughs) getting into it. Yeah, that's where Phoebe climaxes for sure. <laughs> uh, so another like kind of peek into how huge this album was. So You Ought to Know came out July 6, 95, as I said. This song comes out a full year later, July 9th, 96, and is another huge hit. So she's now owned two summers back-to-back off the same album. How many times has that happened? Yeah, it's insane. It was, oh my God, it was number six on the Billboard charts. It was a top 10 hit and another memorable video. Remember that one? No, not really. She's wearing a lot of jumpsuits, different colors, and she's going through different, she's like walking through a city and she's doing, at one point, there's a stunt double that does a lot of like, oh yeah, yeah, acrobatics or something. I remember the obvious stunt double. Yeah. Uh, I like this song a lot. Me too. There's such great songwriting. In this. Oh, let's listen to this part. I love this part. Oh, no, we're not there yet. There's a great kind of like closing part. Um, the only knock on this song nowadays would be like, I feel like you could still hear this at a grocery store. Like it, it's mid I love grocery store playlists. <laughs> They're not bad. Like grocery store radio doesn't get enough pop from society. I guess it depends on the grocery store. Like when I'm not being tackled by homeless people in a grocery store, uh, yes. I do enjoy a lot of the. How are things going with that? The, uh, the litigation with that. We're friends now. Oh, your buddies. Yeah, we're. It's, good. Uh, it's hard to make friends in LA. Yeah, we're we're going down to Tijuana together for the weekend. It's gonna be fun. That feels like a terrible idea. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. He said he said he knows a guy that we could stay with. I feel like it's the, the right move for me at this phase of my life. Um. You make a lot of bad decisions, Bob. Um, I think, by the way, one thing with uh, this this album, as huge as it was, and uh, you know, maybe you could blame it on toxic masculinity, especially in the 90s when that type of thing was completely unchecked. Yeah. I don't think we were allowed to like this album. No, we Or weren't. like to rep this album and be like, uh, I love these songs. I want to see Alanis Morissette in concert, even no. though it was, at the time, huge like rock music. It was very much supposed to be for the ladies. You were allowed to like You Ought to Know, but then it was like a, from then on, you kind of lost it. Like You weren't allowed to like that anymore I because just, of to- toxic masculinity. I just want to say, by the way, Bob, that uh, I think I know what I'm going to push hard for for the our throwback playlist. Okay. I had no choice. Yeah. But yeah. To hear you. You stated your case. Diamond again. I thought about it. You treat me like I'm a princess. I'm not 
Two things. Number one, your dance moves to this song don't match the song at all. You're way bigger than the song is. But I know you're excited about it. I love this song. Um, number two, I kind of just want to listen to the whole thing right now. Like, I want. Then I give you credit for. I love her voice. It's amazing. This is another big single. It was. It was yeah. um, the single that followed You Learn. So now we're like rolling. Through the summer of 96. <laughs> and this one drops uh, in late summer 96. It takes it through the fall of the following year. Wow. It's crazy. September 96 this was released. Another memorable video. It was more like now tight on her face. Probably everyone in the industry probably wanted to work with her now at this point right. with like videos. This is a nice song. It's a nice, like, mid-tempo. Ooh, this is a great harmonica vibe song. Here we go. Are you ready for it? I don't know if I'm ready for it. Hit me. Wait, this is beautiful. This part. That dance, that dance, God, we we should just stop the podcast and just put this on YouTube. That was like, for the first half of that harmonica solo, you were like dancing to Sandstorm by Darude. And then it just got sexual. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened after that, but. You know what harmonica does. To it's going to be hard to fight against the song after seeing what you just did. That song does something to me, Bob. Uh, go to NFL.com slash video for video of Dan uh, <laughs> dancing to Alanis Morissette. NFL.com slash ATN video. <laughs> Next track, Mary Jane, which is probably about drugs, man. I mean, but it was Canadian drugs, so it's fine. It's legal. What is Canadian drugs? What are they doing up there? They're just legal. Legal weed. It's like maple syrup. We're about to have legal weed. I thought it already was legal. No, no, but like the stores are about to open. What, like at Sprouts they're going to sell there's going to be like weed stores in LA that we can there just already are weed stores in LA that we can just walk into without a card. Oh, really? In mere days from now. That's cool. It's going to be weird. But if you, it's never been hard to get weed in LA. No, it's super yeah. easy to get weed in LA, but it's going to be like a thing you could just walk in and buy on your way home. How weird is that? That's how society ends. Wow, you sound like such a Republican right now. Yeah. This is the problem. And also this rock music by Twisted Sister. Are you Jeff Sessions? This is crazy. Um, she sounded like on the leftist blogs again. I don't. No, I'm not. It's just a very strong take for you to have. I don't know. Um, no, I don't think that uh, weed stores are going to be the downfall of society. Like if they start like stocking with heroin and things. Of no, that, that I agree would yeah. be probably not the best move for a weed store is to also have heroin. Don't know the song. Sounds yeah. lovely. Sounds fun. This this feels a little more MFRE. Like she's not really you know trying as hard in that she's one. She's just getting you know why she's she's getting loose because she knows she has one of the biggest hits of her career like locked and loaded. <laughs> God damn, the song was so fucking big and everywhere and Huge. still referenced. So happy we're doing this album, by the way. So happy. Uh, and again, this like perfectly. Oh, it's a good advice that you just didn't take. And 
another very memorable video where she's playing herself in four different parts of a car. Yep, yep. And driving down what looks like the Palisades Parkway. Probably was the Palisades Could Parkway. Been, which was right near where we grew up. Uh, huge, huge hit. Also, it was so popular. How do you know a song is hugely popular? Weird Al did it. Do you remember what the Weird Al parody was? No, I don't. And, you know, I love Weird Al, so it's it's sad that Damn, I... bro. That's kind of like a huge hit at your uh, Weird Al Bonifies. All right, it's not about food. This doesn't feel like a food song to me. I'm going to try to break down Weird Al. Yeah, while you're doing that, I'm going to find out what it was. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to do that because it's amazing to me that this song is still, like, referenced and, like, I feel like every year there's still like a blogger who realizes that she's misusing the word ironic in this song. Right. Like it's still a fucking thing all these years later that somebody's like, Oh, is it ironic? Rain on your wedding day is not actually ironic. Like, shut the fuck up. The song came out like a million years ago. Stop enough with your hot takes about Aladdis misusing ironic. Or about people misusing ironic. I it's think you're right, Bob. Two thousand eighteen. Top of my list. Okay, Ready? go ahead. Here's the list of shit that it's time to move on from. Okay, go. Ironic hot takes. Ironic hot takes. I'm with you 100%. Uh, the, uh, hey, hey, you know, uh, baby, it's cold outside. That song's kind of rapey. Yeah, Enough calm with down that. with that. Enough Different with that. Different time we, also. We know. We go through this every year. Somebody figures it out. Enough. And by the way, it's not rapey. It's just a playful song that was recorded like 60 years ago. Right. Where that he, now we're putting through a different lens. Right. And he raped her in the song, but it's fine. But it was different back then. <laughs> um, I don't want any more of that. I don't want any more 99. It's 2018. No more 99 problem jokes. Like, I got 99 problems, but this ain't one. Enough with that. Okay. All right. Can we uh, that, I mean, that I could take or leave. Enough with those. Okay. That song came out 10 years ago. Okay. At least. Right. That's fine. That's fine. No more 99 problem jokes. No more second rule, first rule of Fight Club jokes. Yeah, let's 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 shut that down. All right. I think that's it. I think those are the ones that I really just want to eliminate. Yeah. Do you have okay. anything you want to add to the list, or are you good? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I think I did, too. Uh, I think I nailed that one. I all, Yeah, I like, I like men to start treating women with respect. I like that, Dan. I'm How about with that? you on that one. I'm with um, that one. And now, during that time... I wasn't listening too closely because I, I was trying to find out the Weird Al. Uh, I was playing to like an empty room right parody. there. Parody. <laughs> uh, I think it might have been like a <clears throat> interstitial type thing for an MTV special where he was doing the uh, parody of the video. So it was a Weird Al deep cut that you remember that wasn't a real thing. Yes. So I'm vindicated by not knowing what it would have been. Vindicated. I am. All right. Let's just swing straight into the Dashboard Confessional podcast. <laughs> Uh, ironic monster hit. Uh, I don't even need to read really the chart stuff. It was just huge. It was huge. Uh, next track, not the doctor. This sounds uh, ominous. This title. <laughs> I don't wanna be the filler if the void is solely Love that voice. I, don't I like that she leaned into that because it's a very unusual delivery, and I wouldn't sound. I wouldn't necessarily think it's. Is it an authentic delivery, or is she really, like, playing up? But either way, it, it's fun to listen yeah. to. She just sounds unique, and it's kind of funny, though. This is what all Canadians sound like. If you've never met a Canadian, they all sound just like this. Hello, Bob. You dated a Canadian. So was she like, oh, Bob, this isn't working out. Yeah, I dated a Canadian. You hooked up with a Canadian while I was dating a Canadian. Yeah, she definitely talked like Lance yeah. Morissette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny, I'm like interested in the song. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. I kind of want to listen to this after the podcast and just be like, all right, there's a lot happening in this song. What do you think Alanis Morissette's house looks like? Uh, probably like this garage, but like a little smaller. <laughs> she lives a modest lifestyle. Modest. What do you she, think about? She's in one of those tiny homes that you see on like the the home and gardening network. <laughs> she wants to live in a little the little house, so it's like living small. Yep, that would be weird. Um, what do you think about Glenn ba- Ballard? Was he the guy that was with Shania Twain? Was Ballard? No, the that Shania was Mutt Lang. Oh, it's Mutt Lang. Yeah, Mutt Lang with Shania Twain. It's Glenn Ballard up to you? Think he's 
You think he got laid off a lot off this? Is he the GM of the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> no, that's Chris Ballard. That's his brother. All right, brother Chris. Uh, all right, Glenn Ballard. I feel like I just want to check in on Glenn Ballard because he co-wrote the entire album. But I feel like that's definitely not going to be a good thing for the podcast because you're just going to go down some weird Wait a second. Glenn Ballard Wikipedia wormhole. Dude, this guy's got fucking money. No kidding. Most producers that have had huge. He hits. was involved in the recording and writing of Thriller and Bad. And he co-wrote Man in the Mirror. <laughs> Do you know how much money this motherfucker has? <laughs> Glenn Ballard, hit us up. Glenn Ballard, welcome to the pod. Glenn, honestly, do not, under any circumstances, come after us. You got enough money. Yeah, you don't need uh, We have nothing. We got this garage, and it's rented. All right, here's the final <laughs> penultimate track, I should say, of Jagged Little Pill. It's called Wake Up. Wake up, America. That's me getting political. Is that you? Like your leftist blog? Yes. It's just me writing Wake Up America in caps over and over again. You probably have a million followers with that. <laughs> have you heard there's been like a tapping on the garage during this podcast? No, I haven't heard that. Are we dead? I feel like we'd be sitting ducks if there's someone out there with like a hammer. Like the guy from Sprouts, if he, <laughs> if he wanted to finish the job. Like he saw when you didn't fight and you're ready for flight no 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 i I can finish that guy no my 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 knee jerk in that moment was fight i did stare him down if you missed our last podcast bob was attacked in a sprouts by a vagrant and um the vagrant just walked out so he's at large he's at oh yeah no no charges were filed learn no lesson from the experience and you probably enjoyed it and i'm not like shitting on you bob but after he pushed you into the display uh, you didn't come back after him, so he if he decides he wants to know what it's like to kill someone, he might say, well, that guy might not fight back, because he didn't the first time either. No, but I feel like you're painting me in a uh, pussy-ish light right there. Snowflake. I, 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 I stayed straight, remember, because of my inline skating skills. Good balance. <laughs> Rollerblading. But... Good, good balance from that. Stared him down and said, why? Why? And uh, I feel like that was very courageous of me. Were he to have turned around and started uh, coming back at me, then I probably would have ran. Right. But in that Which moment. Is, uh, understandable. In that He's moment, a crazy bum. In that moment, I was, uh, I was a man. That feels strong, too. <laughs> there, the truth is probably somewhere right in the middle. Yeah, I'll take that, though. Uh, all right. Here is the final track. Now, I want to say the final track in uh, Jagged Little Pill is actually a remix, first and foremost, not foremost, but first it's a remix of You Ought to Know. It's the Jimmy the Saint blend. But about five minutes into this track is a hidden track, which kids out there, these things used to exist, that um, you might remember. Bob, I'll be curious if you remember it. Okay. Here it comes. It's called Your House. On the house? I... Went to your house. Yes. Walked up the stairs. I opened your door without ringing the bell. I walked down the hall into your room where I could smell you. And I shouldn't be here without permission. Let me ch- let me test your pop culture knowledge, Bob, of the '90s. You used to work on Best Week Ever as a Viacom employee. Yes. Um, how where does this song fit in in the '90s uh, popular culture jigsaw puzzle? Ooh. Well, I worked on Best Week Ever, not I Love the '90s, so it doesn't kind of fully translate, but. As a 90s historian, I should know this. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. No, no, I want to, let's listen to it and I'll think about it. Okay. Down to the den, found your CDs, and I played your Johnny, and I should have stayed long. You might be home oh. soon. 
It's killing you. This is killing me. I'm just going to take one wild guess yeah. because uh, you reference it a lot. I'm just going to say this was in the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape. <laughs> that is a random ass guess. Uh, the most prominent song in the Pam and Tommy sex tape is um, Misery Incorporated know, by Soul Asylum. Um, no, this was, and it was kind of a badass move. A full year after the album came out and she was the biggest thing around and she had seven singles to choose from, she sung this at the 1996 MTV uh, Music Awards. Wow. It was like just her on the stage and then some dude on an acoustic guitar. And she did this song, Your House. That's so cool. Which was stunning because, as we talked about, by this point, she could have had You Ought to Know. She could have done... Uh, one hand in my pocket. You live, you learn. I think ironic. Like I feel like I'm also right though, because Pam and Tommy Lee were fucking backstage while she was doing it. Yes. So I think I get like part credit for that. I'm gonna give you no credit. Okay. But uh, you're still all, probably right. We're, we're all dumber for having heard it. <laughs> all right. Uh, now it's time to pick, Bob. The. You know what I where I stand, I, but also at the same time, even as I say that. I want to be wary and respectful to the to the mix. If there's something you think that um, would better flow, here's my question: Are yeah. there any off limit songs for you? Like, is there anything that you're like, this can't be on the mix? You ought to know. It's too on the no- nose. Mm. Mm. Really? Is that where you were thinking? I don't know, because I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, but. That's the one I still like hearing the most. But at the same time, I really enjoyed hearing. It's kind of basic to put. I know it's totally on. basic. Plus, we keep on falling into this trap with our uh, listeners uh, overseas in the UK. Yeah. Where we keep accidentally picking like the biggest hits from the albums. Uh, from oh, the first... but those are now Atlantis, even though she's Canadian, she's kind of on our turf. We. We could dictate this. I know, but we've done some basic picks by accident, at least according to uh, those folks over in London. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So uh, a little self-conscious. But um, wait, which is the one you want? I'm looking, uh, I'm well, the one, one I was all pumped up about, as you know, Bob, was Head Over Feet. But, it, I mean, I, we were both really into All I Really Want. You Learn is a banger. Uh, the great... Uh, fall uh, going back to school sophomore year song hand in my pocket ironic is another one that I'd probably say is a little too on the nose but I will say the ones we got most excited about were all I really want and uh, hand over feet I'll let you pick between those two all I really want was really fun to hear again I will say that I will make that argument for that but I defer to you to pick this one I'm good with either let's do it let's do it it's so fun let's do it it's fun it's a fun song all right, there you go. I'm happy. I'm happy we did this. Are you happy we did it? Bob? I am very happy we did this. I loved going down this road with Alanis. Uh, and hey, Alanis, hit us up if you want to come into the garage and talk. My my former supposed infatuation junkie. We'll do it. We're here. We're here. We're here for you. We're here to do that. Uh, you want to you just watch the new season of Fuller House with us? We'll do that. Eh, I'm sure that's something she may not want to do probably not but but guess what she probably doesn't want to be in a garage period right or we could tell you which one of your ex-boyfriends is fucking talking Blabbing. behind your back laughing <laughs> all right follow us on twitter at throwback pod on instagram at throwback pod uh if you want to send us an email if you got something more to say oh yeah we have an email throwback pod at gmail no it's not that it's on oh. our twitter Burn. It's like the throwback pod. It's complicated. Somebody took throwback pod? I think so, yeah. That's outrageous. It's complicated. Uh, and like I said last week, and I'll say it again, please leave a star rating and a comment on iTunes. That helps this show remarkably. Um, uh, Amir and Jake over at HeadGum, they could cut this thing loose at any point. So it's really on on you. Yeah. To, to star and comment or you know, go fuck yourself or go fuck yourself. It's 2018 now. Fucking help us out. Is it 2018 right now? No, it's 2018 in a couple days. But right. like, you know, well, you happy know new year like, happy to everyone. New year. And thank you to everyone that's been listening and been uh, contacting us. And it's been a lot of fun doing it. 
And guess what, Pop? We couldn't do it without the listeners. We could not. Well, we could, but we could. then nobody would be listening. Yeah. Thank you. And until 2018, Throwback Podcast out. Go fuck yourselves. That was a HeadGum Podcast.